You are listening to the 9 to 5 Outsiders podcast with me, Usman Diallo, where you can learn tips and ideas on how to overcome the challenges of leaving your job to start your own business journey. If you are all about challenging the status quo and will not settle for average, then you have come to the right podcast. So if you are listening to this podcast right now, chances are you have student loan, credit card, or medical debts. As a matter of fact, for the first time in history, our nation has has a record of $1.5 trillion of student loan debt, leaving millions of Americans struggling to pay off their debt. That is why I've partnered with Mediator Debt Solutions, a company that specializes in helping thousands of people like you acquire financial debt relief by helping them resolve their student loan, credit card, medical, and other forms of unsecured debt. Mediator Debt Solution has helped thousands of people reduce their debt with 40% to 60% saving and become debt-free within two to three years. To learn more about your free consultation, go to www.phpdebtsolutions.com slash sm slash 12729 or click on the link in the episode's description details for your free consultation. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Facebook Friends Offline. And I'm excited about today's show because I have another very, very interesting guest. So to tell you a little bit about him, he's the CEO and, uh, and co-founder of a company called Blended Media. Blended Media, Blended Media is basically a, a media platform uh, that empowers uh, company company for pe- people of color interested in business, technology, and the, in, in the media industry. Uh, it's a digital media company dedicated to redefining the narrative in the business, tech, and media industry, and basically increase the rep- representation of, of, of business in tech through storytelling. Um, really, really excited about this guest because I met him uh, in August at an event called Austin Mosaic Awards, uh, which was uh, an event to promote companies that embrace inclusion and diversity. So without further ado, uh, please help me welcoming my guest, Najee Kelly. Najee, how you doing today, man? Pretty good, man, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, excited, man. Excited to have you here on the show. So I uh, kind of want to go ahead and uh, get get started, get right into it. Uh, blended Media, right? Blended Media, you started the company. I believe you used to be in technology, right? You used to be in technology right. already. And you realize that you didn't want to do technology for the rest of your life, and you decided to uh, to start a blended media. So tell us a little bit about your your background. You know, how did the whole thing got started, and 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 why is why is blended media is here today? Well, first and foremost, man, appreciate you having me on the show um, and opportunity to kind of share my story. Um, so I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, moved to Austin March of 2015. So. The lead up to Blended Media is kind of a series, a chain of series events. So uh, working in corporate, my uh, official um, technical background is more like second level support, help desk, desktop support stuff. So I was working in corporate for about almost three years. And I had reached like a certain plateau of, you know, I wanted to, 
I thought technology is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Realized that that's not what it was. Um, and trying to figure out and navigate um, the tech scene of what's next, like networking, you know, can I liaise between marketing and tech and IT? And management wasn't supportive of me trying to figure out what was next or what direction to go down. And, you know, as soon as I, I got those no's from management, it was like, okay, what am I going to have to do in order to kind of pursue what I'm passionate about, but get the experience and exposure I was looking for. So that was a catalyst. Um, through that process, I decided like, okay, I'm gonna go to the military, I'm gonna go to the reserves, because that option allows me to take what I'm learning and apply it to my business sooner than later. So I, I knew I was leaving in March of 2012, um, started my second company, it was more just like consulting, branding, strategy, stuff like that. Um, but right before I left, probably about six months before I left um, my corporate position, I started doing research because I'm like, if my passion is in business, let me start looking at other stories to kind of understand and learn like, okay, how do they get there? You know, is there some like school I can go to? Is there a program that I can take advantage of? So that was the, the, the spark for me to say, let me start looking at other entrepreneurs to understand their stories that I can apply some information from mine. Mm -hmm. Kind of trying to figure out how do I navigate this business space? So looking at, you know, Forbes list, you know, I find out about black, min uh, black enterprises, minority, top minority 100 uh, gross and list in I think 2013. Um, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of industry leading uh, companies from my perspective on that list and the fours, 100, 400 list, like the billionaire list and all that stuff was very interesting to me, but it wasn't very colorful. It was like, we didn't see ourselves on that list. And that's what for me lit the fire of why is it the way it is? You know, why can't I find, find more stories of people of color, you know, on those, on those levels of business. So that was for me the initial um catalyst of like what set the blaze on fire but mm -hmm. you know over a few years that was about 2011 when i started looking at you know stories like that or trying to look for stories and um coming back from the navy in 2012 i saw chase nice and a documentary on netflix i just fell in love with the power of photography being able to tell a non-objective story and how the impact of that story can have on either people's lives, certain situations, you know, and that was on the scientific community, you know, polar ice caps are melting and jaws drop from the scientific community. And it was like, wow. So you could tell a, a story mm -hmm. in that way where it's not, it's not a agenda. It's not um, all this fluffy stuff. Like it's the facts, you know, that for me was another thing that just added more fuel on the fire. And when I went and got deployed to Bahrain, um, just being, you know, be around different cultures, um, different countries, seeing marketing, tanning of America. I read that book from Steve Stout and to see some of the marketing tactics in uh, Bahrain in the Middle East. It's like, man, there's a lot of stuff that's like Western culture based, but in their culture, it ain't, you didn't get that perspective. You didn't get that vibe. And it was like, mm, that's interesting how to see that in real life. Um, and then when I came back to the States, um, about before I came back, I had an opportunity to go to San Francisco because I was deployed overseas for a year, two weeks, they'll send you anywhere, play for the mm -hmm. plane ticket. And I was in contact with Catherine from Vets and Tech. I based my trip around that event in May um, 2014. And I was able to go out to, because that, through that process of kind of looking at other stories, I found about CNN Black of America. So that was like Angela Benton, that was Anthony Frazier. A lot of the uh, Wayne Sutton's, I mean, that whole focus of the lack of black people in tech in Silicon Valley, that's what that show was based around. 
So as soon as I saw that show, once again, doing my research, and through that process, okay, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley. I knew why I wanted to go. I wanted to kind of see what the Wayne Suttons, what the Angela Bins were doing. Mm-hmm. And I made those connections, whether it be through Twitter or um, social networking platforms. And to be able to go out there, I was able to have a meeting with Angela Benton. I was able to go to a new me accelerator event back then. Um, met Wayne briefly. Uh, I talked to Anthony Frazier before I actually went to San Francisco. So all those things for me was just, I was in it. I was able to connect with people that look like myself. I was able to learn, ask questions from them directly. And those things for me would just it could continue my um, journey forward, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So full circle coming back uh, from my deployment in September of 2014, I was like, I knew I had to get out of Cleveland because Cleveland scene for me was like too slow. I had an opportunity to be a part of a startup. And I just, for me, there was personal things of like, I'm the last um, person to get acknowledged in a team. I'm like, is it because I'm black? Is it because you know, lack of talent. I don't know. You know what I mean? So like asking those self um, questions was also part of my journey of, you know, am I worth it? You know, why, why, why do I not see more people like me in these spaces? Um, so I found out about Austin, I think through like Entrepreneur Magazine, you know, online looking for, you know, things in the, in the startup space. Mm-hmm. So you and, weren't even thinking about Austin at the time. It was just, no. just wanted to get out of Cleveland. Yeah, I thought Silicon Valley was, you know, that's that's what we were, that's the hype. That's what we were hearing mm-hmm. back in the day. I'm still hearing that. But I'm like, I'm, I'm not seeing too many people like me other than like Angela Benton's and Wayne Sons. It was like for me to make that initial connection and actually go out there. I'm like, this is great, but this is too expensive. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't stay out here. So Austin became that, um, that next location of let me check out Austin. Let me see what's going on there. Um, once again, on Twitter, I reached out to Joshua Bear, who's the, um, one of the founders of Capital Factory. Mm-hmm. And he had sent me a whole bunch of links on Twitter about Austin's scene. And for me, digitally, I was able to kind of get a uh, a peep of like what's going on, you know, what's happening. I found out about Bunker Labs uh, program as well too. So I reached out to them before I even came down to Austin. So March uh, of 2015, I was like, I'm, I packed four bags. I got on a plane, one away trip. And I've, I've been in Austin ever since. And for me, it was, okay, let me base my trip around South by Southwest. I made another connection on LinkedIn, um, a, a man, Max, who's in Port- who was in Portland. Now he's in uh, out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I was able to meet up with him in person. He made a couple connections for me locally in Austin. I was able to check out South by where everyone comes to South by. I didn't have to figure out and try to go to 20 different places, 20 different cities. Everyone's there. So it was just like a compounding effect of network. You know, yeah. meaning would make those intros. Um, and that atmosphere of Austin kind of has like that small town feel, but mm-hmm. opportunities, you know, technology, you know, business, all those things for me were wrapped up in one place. And I was like, this is where I believe I need to be. Um, and the other thing for me was like about the first 20 conversations I had in Austin was whether it, it didn't matter what walk of life, whether we're white, black, Hispanic or, or women or whatever, Everyone, for the most part, was like, how can I help you? What do you need? And back then, it was like, I was still trying to figure things out. So that, for me, was reassuring. Um, from Cleveland, it was kind of off-putting because it's like, well, do you want something? Like, what do you need? Because I wasn't used to that <laughs> yeah. type of friendliness. Uh, my, my wife yeah. is, is from Cleveland, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, man. It's a little different up here. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, those things for me was like, okay, I feel like Austin was a, was a good place. And when I, when I moved down there, like, you know, Blended wasn't a thought until November 2015. So I was working oh, with it. So you, you, haven't, you haven't even started Blended, Blended Media before you moved to Austin? 
Nope. And this is like for me where the name means so many things because it was a combination, a blend of different events for me to even get up to that point of why do I want to focus on, on, on it conceptually? Mm-hmm. So I started working at a couple of different startups, Vets in Tech. Um, I reached out to one of the advisors um, uh, on the, at the time when I first got there. Um, and Joseph was uh, founder of a company called Riot Scout back in the day. It got acquired by Daimler. He's a vet. He's in, he's in the Army. I'm Navy. But I sat down with him for 30 minutes just to understand a little bit, learn a bit more about Vets in Tech because the opportunity for me was to kind of be a chapter lead in Austin. And after talking to him, 30 minutes, he offered me an interview on a, uh, an internship on the spot at his company. So these types of exposure was, I was able to go to his company. I was able to work not only on, you know, small time projects for myself, but more like operational and marketing things for him. Um, and that was some great exposure. I had, he was like, he always has his employees read books. So I had to read the um, uh, Innovator's Dilemma. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the other book, um, Isaac Watson book, but it was about technology, the history of technology. So like learning about, you know, where, how technology was developed, everything from Ada Lovelace back in the day, mathematics, um, the Turing project, and all that stuff. So for me, it was just mentally, you know, the juices were, were, were swirling a little bit. Um, so the lead up to November for me was, I'm, I'm in my apartment, once again, I'm on my Google, I'm doing my research of like, you know, I want to find more folks in business like myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm around Joseph, around some other people, but you know, a lot of these people didn't look like me once again. Yeah. So I'm asking the question of why is it so difficult to kind of find our stories? And I was talking to my mom one night and I just, you know, let her frustrate and just bending to her. And she was like, just do something, you know, take the first step and God will start to reveal the rest of it to you. Mm-hmm. And at that moment for me was like, okay, let me, instead of either stop complaining or instead of doing what I normally do, start, you know, continuing to research about stuff, let me actually do something. And the project for me was, you know, from a media standpoint, I need to focus on that because I'm not seeing these stories. So what can I help do to kind of bring these stories to the forefront? Yeah. And my experience with the photography in the military, um, Bevel was launched around that time back in 2014, um, a razor company for, you know, uh, by minority men and reached out to him on Twitter. I was able to do a little small project for them as far as documenting myself and my, my friend Eric's um, experience with the, with the kit out in Bahrain. And through that, we had met Cassidy, who was the editor. So for me, that experience was like, oh, a company, I see, this, I see the value that the company sees in creating that content but the process of that content being created. So I immediately knew I needed an editor for this project. And the whole concept was like, let me start, it was a day in the life of an entrepreneur of color. And we just kind of putting that in like a documentary format and just like CNN's Black of America, like let's just capture the day-to-day experience of what what does it look like? You know, meetings, you know, the conversations, the Mm -hmm. team dynamic, all those different things. So I initially put that together about two pages. I reached out to a uh, young black um, um, in Austin um, uh, Slack uh, back in the day. You know, I reached out. So I built my ter- first team around that, that concept. Mm-hmm. November of 2015, that's when it started. Got the first team together about a few weeks later. We had started shooting uh, one company. I was going through Techstars program at the time. And, you know, we shot one day. Um, but it, the team fell through. It was like, we split. Do we continue shooting? Do we continue planning? 
Um, and for me, like that was completely new. Like I was used to photography. I wasn't used to doing video. I wasn't used to that whole project of how do you shoot an actual documentary? How do you put a short story together? Um, so it was, a, it was a huge learning experience. And from that, I had to pivot and say, okay, what can I control? What can I focus on? And for me, it was like, let me go back to photography. Humans of New York, um, if, if those are not familiar, it's kind of just a photography series of interviews with people in New York in different walks of life, different types of stories. Mm-hmm. But it was a personal story. The picture captured that story or the essence of that story. And for me, I wanted to flip that. And what was the entrepreneurs of color? purpose, um, snapshot of who they are personally, why they're doing what they're doing professionally, and what's the next step for them. And that's how things started. Um, You know, over time, about the next six months or so, initially got to a point where I had enough stories, like I need to put a website together to visually show what I'm trying to articulate as far as the vision. Mm -hmm. And that's where the platform of Blended started because for me it was I needed to get it beyond myself. I needed to kind of help put together, because I'm more of a support person of how can I put or create a platform that enables more folks like ourselves to not only tell their own stories, mm-hmm. but be able to kind of create like a central hub where you not only see these stories, but through the story from my perspective was, as soon as you see more of these stories, you get inspired about, oh, I can actually see myself, maybe I can do it. Yeah. Through the story, the resources, in my opinion, started to get developed. Like, what programs do they take available? What education do they do? They do? What experience, life experiences do they um, go through? Those different things for me were kind of um, little nuggets of what everyone else is looking at someone's story can actually take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, what, what you said about uh, when you said you find out about the black enterprise top 100% minority grossing companies, Mm-hmm. And then you look at all of these companies and you saw that a lot of uh, a lot of those companies, no one was in tech, you know, and that's kind of like what was the, the catalyst for you to want to go out there and do something for blended media. I relate to that because I'm not in the tech industry. I'm in financial services, but it's exactly the same in, in, in the financial services industry. You know, most as a matter of fact, if you look at the age, the average age of a of, a, of an insurance agent, someone in financial services is a 59-year-old white male. So it's not a lot of diversity in the industry. It's not a lot of women. It's not a lot of people of color. It's not a lot of diversity. So that was also for me, that was one thing that I said, hmm, you know, how come one of the wealthiest industry, right? Yeah. Where there's so, there's so much, so many people that need to be helping that industry and there is a lack of representation. So that was one of the reasons myself to uh, wanting to join a company that, that wanted to do something about it. Our company is, uh, uh, the average age of an agent in our company is a 33-year-old Hispanic in financial services, which is something you've never seen before in this type of industry. So, so I kind of relate with what you said about that. The next point I want to I wanna touch on, you mentioned how, you know, uh, how the military, right? How the joining the U.S. Reserve was one of the best decisions that ever happened to you. Uh, explain to explain to me a little bit. What, what do you mean by that? What What was the the turning point for you joining the military? Um, I mean, my pops is um, Navy. He was active, um, you know. So his experience was different than mine's. But you know, at home. A lot of the things that he learned, especially teamwork, was things that were kind of instilled in me, which, you know, like I didn't know about, you know, thinking um, or in that moment. But looking back on it, did he play any sports 
in college or, or anything like that? No, no, not nothing professionally. I mean, he, he was more of like a long distance runner um, back in the high school days. And for me, like I was more of a sprinter. I didn't keep up with it. But <laughs> um, I mean, I did sports, um, you know, like a year on, year off. But I didn't do it like consecutively. So I had some football experience, baseball. I love playing every sport. But um, going through my process, it was like a personal journey of, you know, lack of confidence, you know, um, things of that nature for me to where um, that was kind of like my sports was like the pre-high school. When I got into high school, it was kind of downhill in a personal standpoint of who I am and finding myself. It wasn't more so until actually I got more into like um, after high school. And that was one of the things as far as leaving and going to the military, because I was working in corporate. So I was, I was pretty good. I was making more money back then. But for me, the military was an opportunity of where I kind of get challenged in multiple areas at the same time. And it was leadership development. It was that teamwork dynamic. Um, so those things for me was why I went in and also kind of be a part of something that most people don't do. You know, I didn't go to a four-year uh, college. I went to a community college at first. Um, so those things for me were um, what I was looking for. Um, I didn't. I didn't get the the leadership development or training that I was looking for. Um, I've been in almost eight years now, and uh, a lot of my experience is that I went in for didn't necessarily get immediately. It took years, but overall, what I what I got that made the whole experience um, prices was to be uh, able to get deployed overseas multiple times, be able to experience cultures and people. Yeah. That, that, that perception that we that we see on TV versus the reality, and when you actually get into mm-hmm. a country or you actually get into the mix of that of different cultures, that for me was like a global education. Yeah. And my nickname, Worldwide Kills, is one of the things that got developed from that. So for me, it was um, the, the Navy specifically. It supports every other branch. So for me, I'm a support person to be able to see that dynamic of a global organization, how it operates why it does certain things, whether, you know, from a positive standpoint, negative standpoint, like we, we can talk about that as a whole nother combo. Yeah. But the reality of understanding and seeing those things in, in motion, um, I had an opportunity, which you call like RIMPAC, which is like a, a huge event that happens around um, Hawaii, where it brings all these different navies together to kind of understand and learn and, and, and what, you know, how do you work together, whether it be national disasters, whether it be, um, um, situations like Haiti from a, a, a standpoint, helping people and getting, um, whether it be people, whether it be uh, medical supplies, all the different dynamics. So for me, I had an opportunity to be on an Indian ship. Um, and I was over, I was underway. I was on that ship for a few weeks. So, I mean, most U.S. personnel, you know, don't have an opportunity of being on not only a foreign Navy, but mm-hmm. in that exercise on that level. So a lot of those things for me were priceless of just understanding yeah. diversity lens the importance of understanding different cultures, the respect of that, you know, seeing more people of color in the in those dynamics. And in my mind, I'm like, why are we not having these conversations of I'm black in America, right? What about my my brothers and sisters in Africa and having that conversation of, you know, perception right versus reality of how did you grow up? How did I grow up? We're from the same place. You know, why are we not having those conversations where it's more of a um, that understanding is, is deeper than what the perception of slavery versus, you know, being sold and all those different dynamics. And real short, like I went to the African-American Museum a couple of years ago. My driver, he's from Ghana. And right before he dropped me off, I'm like, let me ask you a real question if you don't mind. He's like, man, go for it. 
And I just asked him, like, what's his perspective of being in the States? But me, I'm getting ready to go to the African-American Museum and learn more about my history locally. Yeah. I never heard this from uh, African's perspective of, you know, he's like, as soon as I got here, it was like, yes, African-Americans that are here, you know, not taking full advantage of the opportunities, this, that, and the third, because I heard that back in high school. Mm-hmm. But he acknowledged that. But what I never heard before was, like, to understand the history in the respect of like understanding that if the things of, of, of African-Americans that did not happen here, he would not be here himself. I was like, shoot, like that was not only a humbling experience, but that was like, why to have that conversation right before I go learn about more of our history locally in the States. It's like, man, like that dynamic was, that was a precious moment to me. And for yeah. me, it was like a new had, perspective. Absolutely. And if we had more of those type of conversations from a mm-hmm. cultural dynamic, yeah. and I was like, so that from a business standpoint of understanding the personal story of entrepreneurs of color, different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, the American system wasn't designed for us. So if we're able to understand more of our, mm-hmm. our walks of life from, you know, being a person of color in, in the States, I think that just adds a whole new level of uh, understanding, experience, culture, all that to where it helps us not only uh, push forward what we're passionate about, yeah. but your network becomes global versus being local, being regional. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I agree with a lot of things you say. I feel like we can, with that conversation, we can go on a tangent for <laughs> for another hour. But, you know, right. since, since for the sake of time, you know, mm-hmm. let, let's keep going. So uh, I have a lot of friends in the military, you know, and every time I hear stories about how their experiences was in the military, I mean, of course, there's good and bad experiences. But right. a lot of those experiences that I hear, it makes me feel, it makes me say things like, I wish I could have joined the military, right? Because the one thing that I noticed about people who got in the military is the discipline and the leadership development, which is so crucial, especially in business when you have to work with different people, people from different backgrounds, you know, people from different countries. I mean, for myself, I'm from West Africa. I'm from, I'm from the Ivory Coast, actually right next to Ghana. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so coming from another country, moving to a different state, learning a different culture, learning a different language, I understand the power of diversity and being around people from different places because unless you've, you've been around people from different places, sometimes you never know what it's like to be in their own shoes, if that right. makes sense. Cool. Absolutely. So, uh, so you got involved real, real deep in social media and creating content. You started with photography. Uh, in today's day and age, how important, how important do you think it is to like have a brand, create your own brand? Because you talked a lot about Twitter, how you started using Twitter to reach out a lot of personalities. You know, how powerful it is to, to use today social media to tell your story as an entrepreneur uh, uh, of color or, or someone from, a, uh, someone who works in different type of di- uh, diversity group? Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's huge. I mean, you know, <clears throat> At least uh, from my perspective, understanding um, the tool itself. And one is a tool. You know, how do you utilize it for your advantage? How do you utilize it to kind of push what you're passionate or at least learning, getting a certain uh, level of exposure? Those things are priceless. Mm -hmm. Those are good in in a negative and everything in the sense of the data aspect of it. You know, how much information do you want to put out? Things of that nature. But I think with as you understand it as a tool and especially from a story standpoint, the more that you're able to control your own narrative versus, you know, someone else telling your story for you, mm-hmm. I think it's power in that. Um, so you, you get, you're in a driver's seat of how much information do you want to share? You know, how do you want to share it? 
um, things that may get misconstrued or misunderstood. All those different dynamics are, are, are crucial. And on a social standpoint, um, you know, understanding how social media platforms came to existence, the history of it, I think is very important. That, that gives a different perspective of, okay, I, I understand its intent. What do I want to use it for? And understanding how it was uh, built or how, it's, or how it was intended to be used, mm-hmm. I think people can kind of tweak how they want to use it for themselves. So for me, like Twitter was huge as just a purely networking tool. To be able to ask a question, to be able to ask somebody, um, you know, whether, you know, Google, like we have all this information, you find a lot of people. people. Don't read, most people don't really read emails, so it's easier to get, <laughs> so yeah. access to it on, on, on Twitter, for example. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like just finding out about different people, things that you're interested in, things that you want to learn about. I mean, Twitter is, to me, a perfect place to be able to ask those questions, mm-hmm. make those connections um, around with anybody across the globe. You know, so at a at your fingertips, you can do those things where I think growing a, a global network, mm-hmm. it helps just from a humanity standpoint of just understanding, learning, having these conversations with different people, different walks of life to influence how we want to do what we want to do, or at least, you know, kind of builds a well-rounded per, uh, perspective or picture of, okay, I want to tackle this endeavor and having a lot of different uh, pieces of information, understanding right, but even the people that you're, you're telling your story to, you took, you're taking them along uh, on, on your journey. And the more people I think you can do that with, the more that people will, will help. Because everyone, I think, for the most part, wants to support everybody. Mm-hmm. And the more that we understand it on a human level and that story of why they're, they're doing what they're doing, why they're passionate about it, what's the problem, what's the challenge. You know, maybe it's different things that people are going through in their lives that now through your story, those things become more apparent. The light bulb goes off and it's like, oh, how can I help you? How can I get involved? Those different things from just purely telling a story or at least sharing your, your, your journey or your struggles. I mean, those positive ripple effects, I think, can definitely happen. And social media being something that just amplifies that is, is a huge tool. Okay. Okay. So uh, would you say Twitter is one of the, the most, is the tool that you use the most? Are you more like, cause you know how some people say, you need to be on every different platform or maybe yeah. you need to focus on this platform. Like, what's your take on that? Do you think that we should be on all platforms or just choose specific platform with our audience and focus on it? I think it, it goes back to who that person is and what you're doing um, to kind of make that, um, to determine that decision for yourself. Okay. Um, for me, uh, especially like from a branding standpoint, I don't think you need to be on necessarily every single platform. But the ones that are uh, consistent and performing and depending on, you know, what type of businesses you have, you know, Twitter may not be the best. Instagram may be the best. But I think in combination, it can definitely be a huge benefit of how do you use Twitter on, like from my perspective, Twitter on the networking side for me, Facebook is more personal, family stuff. LinkedIn is a huge another business um, network and sharing, you know, the, the business journey as well, too. Um, so those different dynamics and, and using them in tandem, um, I think is, is kind of like the blended effect that we're working on, uh, the visual storytelling, building the network, and then creating uh, opportunities to make connections with different organizations of people that the story has now more of a, a, a bigger distribution network to kind of be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, the Austin Mosaic Awards, right? I think... Uh, this year was the second or third year 
right? Yep, second annual, yep. Second or third year. And let me tell you, I've lived in Austin for about 14 years, right? Oh, okay. And uh, I, that, was, that was one of the few times where mm -hmm. I went to, to an event and there was a lot of people looking like me. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you've been in Austin for a while, so you know what, I, and you're from Cleveland. Right. So you know what I'm talking about. And, and not, not just people of color, but people from different black uh, backgrounds, ethnicities. And I mean, it was, I mean, I had a great time. I, I didn't know what I expected before the event, but I was like, wow, this is the second time, the second year of the event, and this is already growing. So what's, what's the vision of Austin Mosaic Awards? And, 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 you know, what's going on with that? For people who, who don't live in Austin, never, never heard of it, never been a part of it. You know, well, what's the whole vision? Because it's separate from blended media. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, it's, 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 it's the mastermind. Uh, Janice, um, it's her idea. She's originally from D.C. She moved to Austin about a year ago, year and a half ago. And going through Mass Challenge program uh, is one of the things that she had came up with as an opportunity to kind of bring together not only the community, but the business community as well, too, where, you know, how can we utilize it as an opportunity to bring folks together and highlighting companies that are actually walking out of this conversation in diversity and inclusion versus mm -hmm. just a pure conversation. Um, so she brought in my mentor, Ruben uh, Cantu, professor at University of Texas, entrepreneur himself. Mm -hmm. um, and then Ruben had brought me in. So as a collective, it was focused on like I said, an award show that highlights a lot of these companies that are actually walking out best practices in their companies, um, how they're actually trying to move the needle in the DNI conversation. It was just kind of creating that platform and opportunity to do that. But we were very intentional about not only the, the branding, the language right, but the behind mm -hmm. the scenes of, you know, how do we measure these companies? How do we create like a standard? that we're able to judge these companies, right? Mm -hmm. Then also the atmosphere. You know, uh, Ruben, he's got that, that, that entertainment, he's a storyteller, pure at heart. Mm -hmm. So being able to not only create that atmosphere, the stage, right, um, but like the companies, the vendors, you know, the, the attendees, the network, all of those different things we went through, we were very intentional. Is mm -hmm. The model is deliberately diverse, intentionally inclusive. So we were very intentional about what companies that we want to, you know, have uh, have their DBB represented? Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want to have it be one one demographic. That's another dynamic of, you know, it's too much silos, you know, in Austin, but even across the nation. And that event was an opportunity to unify the community in in business, right? Um, in the storytelling aspect of capturing that visually, and, I mean, it just came together beautifully. So the first how, year, how many people? Because it was a lot of people. How many people were at the event? I mean, the first second, year. First year, we had about 600 RSVPs, about 200, 230 attendees. Second year, we had about 230, um, about the same, a little bit more. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, especially to have it at Google, that was another thing of in their location, right? <clears throat> and being able to, um, you know, highlight that. But, you know, have everyone kind of like in a, in, a, in a dense area. So WeWork was the first sponsor. Google was the second one. And... The, the mayor of Austin, Mayor Adler, the first year, he set the tone in the sense of, you know, he, he used the analogy of when you walk into a restaurant, he was like, I challenge you to kind of look at who's in that restaurant, but and also recognize who's not in that restaurant. And mm -hmm. we're setting a tone on that level. The second year was the same thing of like, we got to get better as a community. Mm -hmm. And the first step of, you know, highlighting folks that are actually walking in and out but the people that are in those spaces, the decision makers, right? The folks that it, um, these decisions challenge and, and, and impact the day-to-day -day of life, 
Um, so moving forward, you know, Janice, she's spearheading that initiative with her company, Mentor Method, of bringing more mentorship in these, uh, um, you know, big companies, Fortune 500 companies and whatnot, building that mentorship network. It was like, how do we take the dynamic of highlighting these companies, but bringing these companies in more like round um, table discussions, mm-hmm. have these conversations of like, what is your company going through? What challenges are you guys going through? Like, how do we... How do we focus on this DNI kind of or uh, situation topic, but break it down? You know, whether it be sections, categories, or whatnot. But getting these companies to the table of how do you deal with the day-to-day challenges? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, sharing data in a way in which it's is beneficial to the overall conversation. And that's where the the the, the diversity uh, event, the Mosaic Awards, is going as a way to not only continue to highlight folks that are actually doing the work but actually practically break down how we can actually bring to bear these best practices that where it benefits not only the, the companies, but the people that are working in these companies as well too. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like a, a Grammy Awards for companies, companies us <laughs> being celebrated for inclusion. And so Ruben would love to hear that, man. He, he, <laughs> he would love <laughs> So that was pretty good. So I heard about you, you got some other projects going on like Black in Media and, and Journalism Meetup. Is that- that, that's that's uh, Houston Tillerson, right? So it was another event uh, we were able to be uh, a sponsor in. And um, once again, it's just like bringing different people together. Um, but on uh, HC being, uh, HBCU in Austin, um, from that media standpoint, being able to bring, you know, students and journalism together and kind of figure out what's next. How can um, the next generation uh, create an opportunity for themselves to kind of tell their own stories, but connect with, you know, the local region in Austin from a storytelling standpoint as well, too. It's good. It's good. We, we need more of that. We need more of diversity in Austin. I've always believed, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, let's switch gear here for a little bit. Um, so you talk about how you've, you've, uh, you always been, you've always been interested in entrepreneurship, right? Because my yeah. audience uh, are a lot of people, they may be working at a job that they're not necessarily happy about, right? And they want to do something else. They want to start their own business on the side, but they might be afraid, you know, they don't know what to expect. You know, what are... Let me get my charger. Keep talking. Okay, cool. What are some of the challenges that you face early on in your journey as an entrepreneur wanting to start your own, your own business? So, a lot of challenges, right? Um, obviously, one of the biggest things I think that a lot of us are facing is lack of capital, right? Mm-hmm. So, initially for me, like starting um, not only my, my first or second business, but now with Blended, you know, the financial dynamic of, I've been bootstrapping, you know, for a few years. So, uh, my intent for, I, I really didn't, I mean, the VC route is kind of like the the biggest, um, I will say, well-known. Um, it also comes with a lot of risk. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, for me, it was like ownership was a big piece of why I didn't want to go down that route, you know. And I, I was still learning the game, uh, VC side of it, of, you know, how does the ownership dynamic work? You know, how much you know, of a company, you know, could you give without, you know, with retaining ownership and all that. So mm-hmm. um, for me, the bootstrapping route was we controlled our own destiny, right? It takes longer. <laughs> so it's not, it's not for everybody. But for me personally, that was the route I wanted to go. Um, 
but just the lack of resources, right? The network um, of folks that, um, you know, it's time is the most precious component, right? So it's, if I have a lack of, the starting line is different for me than most people, mm-hmm. the lack of capital, the lack of the network, the lack of the resources, as far as tapping into it immediately, uh, all those different things for me, I had to learn, I had to grow, I had to develop, and especially in Austin. I moved somewhere where I knew nobody, mm-hmm. you know, no family, you know, nothing like that, you know, so to build up the network over a four plus year period of time, I mean, it's been crucial, been priceless of where Blended is not and where we're, and where we're headed, mm-hmm. but it took a lot of time to, to develop that. So um, for anyone that wants to move into business or anything that they're passionate about, how do you find out about what, from an uh, infrastructure standpoint, exists? How do you tap into it? Whether it be using Meetup, whether it uses Eventbrite, uh, social media, right? So if you understand, okay, if I'm interested in maybe sports or I'm just interested in maybe media or mm-hmm. um, data analysts from a technical standpoint, whatever your industry or area of focus is, understand where do those people hang out? Where do, where do those businesses, um, where, do they, where are they located at? Where do they operate out of? Understanding that from a systematic standpoint, I think will cut down on time of, I know where the, the source is or I know different pieces of the puzzle of where I can go to to get information. How do I tap in and build that network, you know, going to events, <clears throat> meeting with people, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, connecting with these people, and then being able to get the face-to-face with them. All of those things on building a relationship with somebody or an organization is necessary. You know, they'll say, like, your network is your net worth. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of assaults to that of, you know, who you know, but the relationships that you have with those folks of, People do business with who they who they trust, who they know. So the more on an individual level that people understand who you are, what you're working on, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. people can then work on your behalf. But they got to know who you are. You got to put a face in the name. Uh, so I think a lot of those things are, are are important. And once again, I think it will lead to the capital. It'll lead to the resources. So, so the capital. Now, if you let's just say if you knew what you knew then, because because uh, I mean you you being an entrepreneur now for a couple of years, for people that aspire to be entrepreneurs, to start their own business, if mm. you knew what you know now, what would you have done differently? I mean, it's like they say, like, you know, if, if what happened didn't happen, you know, you wouldn't be where you're at right now. So um, I, I would just say, like, for me, the things that um, can be helpful as far as, um, kind of shorting down that, that, that time, um, challenging, like being comfortable, being uncomfortable, uh, quicker, you know, that ability to fail fast in the sense of whatever you're interested in, whatever you're passionate about, you know, writing those things down immediately. Um, but a strategy, you know, it not have to be a complex strategy, but a series of events that leads you in a certain direction. And being able to express that with folks, whether it be, um, uh, I mean, family could be one 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 dynamic as far as if, you ha- if that's where you you start from, right? But you know, maybe it's people at your job, maybe it's you know someone at church, you know, someone in the sense of finding like an accountability partner. It gets beyond yourself. And for me, I one agree, of the big I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think is getting out of our own headspace. So if I can talk to other folks. If someone I can find that can kind of just be there of, hey, I want to do this, right? Or I said I was going to do that. Like, just check in. Like, hey, so how are you, how you doing on, on that project? How's that project going? 
things that the little tweaks I would say of or the, the small details of um persevering, you know, um building that um determination up, but sacrificing um initially and for the short term to be able to long term do what you want to do. So I think those things are huge. All right, cool, cool. All right. So um so where can people find you, Najee? Where can people find you? Uh, I know you're on uh, LinkedIn. How, how do people find you on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of that good stuff? So Najee H. Kelly, <clears throat> my middle initial. So this is my full name, Najee Hakeem Kelly. Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, you know, I'm, I'm fairly accessible. So um, Blended, B-L-N-D-E-D, um, Instagram, Blended Media, B-L-N-D-E-D Media. Mm-hmm. Um, any, anybody got questions? Twitter is one of the best and easiest ways or LinkedIn to reach out to me. So anybody has any questions, uh, if I could be of help of assistance, you know, just feel free to reach out. Let me know. Uh, no problem. Hey, appreciate your time. And any, any last word of advice you have for any entrepreneur in, in the tech industry or any, any last thing you want to add? Uh, I mean, you know, write, write the vision down, right. You know, um, you know, as far as building your network, getting with more like-minded individuals, figuring out where people hang out, you know, I think those things are, are huge. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm putting out there, if anyone has any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that immediate circle, you know, like start writing things out, whether it be the, the positives, the negatives in, in the situation or where you're at in life, where you want to get to. I think with writing those things down, it's like that first step of actually bringing it into reality. So... Uh, doing those small things, I think it would be huge, you know, reaching out Facebook, right? Reaching out to different communities and different groups that are actually trying to find more folks that look like themselves mm-hmm. or get uh, more educated on certain things. I mean, it's out here for us to do. I think just laying on that path of how do I get out of my own way? How do I challenge myself getting in situations where I'm, un- where I'm uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. being uncomfortable, that's where growth is at. That's right. You know, so um, being able, I think, to find those folks that help us do that, or at least can help us get closer to that, you, you got to surround yourself with those type of individuals. Where you want to go at, find people that are actually where you want to be at. Um, and I think, like I said, social media is a great way to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And the way I've been looking at things um, and some of my experiences going through like Leadership Austin and just understanding the core of race and how it plays in this country and beyond, you got to have those tough conversations. So how do you put yourself in those rooms? How do you put yourself in those spaces mm-hmm. to not only have those conversations, but to, to grow, to learn, yeah. to, to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all starts with self. So if you have any insecurities, if you have any self challenges, personal things that you may feel are limiting uh, factors or features, we are all individuals. We're all human beings at the end of the day. We're all individuals. Things that we go through, the things that we're dealing with makes us unique. So challenging that, changing that perspective or uh, changing that perspective of these are things that don't, are not detriments. These are things that are not um, um, separators or dividers from other folks that may look like you or may not look like you. Mm-hmm. Embracing who we are as individuals, I think, is a great first step to get to where yeah. we're trying to get to from a purpose or a destiny standpoint. But it all starts with self. So even the things that, you know, we're all going through, like for me, one of my biggest challenges is the mental warfare of the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. So if I can put myself in, in positions, surround myself with people, do the little things that are challenging, they're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I'm able to continue to move forward. I'm able to continue to not stagger 
or be staggered too long. So I think challenging ourselves to be able to figure out what that balance is for ourselves of who do I need to be around more? How do I need to find out where they're at? How do I need to get to where they're at and be there consistently and find people that can help me throughout that process? You got to figure that out for yourself. But I think doing those things, we get closer to where we want to get sooner than later. All right. Yeah, good point. Good point. It all starts with yourself. And you can't, you can't grow unless you're outside of your comfort zone. So I love right. that. Good point. Good point. So Najee, uh, everybody, that was Najee Kelly, uh, founder, co-founder and CEO of Blended Media. Uh, make sure you check out. I'm going to make sure I put some links uh, okay. to the website and also how can, how can people find you on, on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and all of that good stuff. Najee, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on the show here. It was a pleasure, and uh, we talk to you soon. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. Take care, man. All right, and uh, just like usual, thank you for listening to the 95 Outsider Podcast. And if, you've en- if you enjoyed this episode, right, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if it's your first time, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review on uh, any platform you're listening to, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcast you listen to and um, let us know you know what it what you think about the show and if you like it follow me on social media i'm in i'm on instagram twitter you can find me at usman diallo tx and um yeah glad to have you on the show today and i will see you on the next episode and remember if you know more and you do more you can become more